everyone and welcome back to the One Globe 360 podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by my lovely mum and we're going to be talking about all things travel, my mum's travel experiences, and we're going to be sort of comparing our travel experiences. Um, so yeah, let's get started. We're going to have 10 questions that we're going to work through. And uh, yeah, my mum is honestly so much more fun than I am and she's got a lot more interesting and uh, yeah, incredible travel stories than I do. So going to be really good to talk to her today. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode, but we'll get straight into it with question number one, which is what was your first solo trip? Okay, um, my first solo trip, uh, proper solo trip was 1987. So after university, I was very lucky to um, have a work opportunity in Canada, in Calgary. And that lasted for five months um, until April um, 1987. And then I decided that I would go traveling uh, mainly around the States, um, but would go on my own and principally traveling by Greyhound uh, bus. Um, the trip lasted, I don't know, probably just short of two months. Um, and I worked my way just from Calgary um, west. Um, amazing. I mean, one of the one of the first things, <laughs> don't turn up in a city um, late at night. Um, I found my way eventually just before midnight. Um, to a youth hostel and I was told off by the person at, at reception for having left it too late and he said to me what would you have done if we were closed um, and I did think about that um, so uh, I was quite pleased to have sort of like <laughs> turn up just before 12. I, I met some amazing people on Spr Spring Island which is in between um, Vancouver um, and um, Victoria um, Island um, no it's Vancouver Island isn't it um, and, you know, they were so hospitable. Instead of staying in the B&B, I ended up by staying um, in their house. They had a spare, spare room. I mean, you really have to judge these sort of like situations. Um, but they were, they were very um, hospit hospitable and it, it worked very, very well. But anyway, that was the States. And uh, it was mainly going around the States. Um, sorry, that was a bit of Canada. It's mainly going around the States. So I went down the West Coast again, meeting some amazing um, people. Um, there was a park ranger. Um, we ended up by going for pizza. Um, and he, he, <laughs> he, he gave me the, the pizza that was left over and said I could, could have it for breakfast the next morning, which I, which I duly you know, did. Um, he took me down to the Greyhound bus station. But again, you know, that this, this is solo traveling and um, you know, it was great. I met lots of people, but I mean, you've got to be careful. Um, and you've got to judge, you know, the, the, the situation. Um, I mean, I could talk for lots and lots and lots there, Ellie. Do you want me to carry on talking about well, um, the States or do you have any sort of particular? Well, let's, let's move on to, to talking about your first trip as an adult. What sort of similarities and differences can you talk about comparing mm. your first solo trip mm. to your first trip as an adult? Well, that, that first solo trip I was talking about in the States, I was um, 22. Um, and when I was 18 and I had just finished um, at school, um, I it was a person that I, I had been out with, but I wasn't going out with at the time. And there was a whole group of us were going to go on a, an interrail. And in the end, it was just Martin and myself. And, you know, I mean, it, it was the first sort of like real sort of adventure that I'd been on. Martin was absolutely fantastic. He was he was really able and capable. Um, and, you know, I was probably a bit of a pain, to be honest. Um, 
and um you know it was difficult and I, I think at times I was probably a bit you know homesick but we, we went to some brilliant places I mean we went through Luxembourg and Germany and Switzerland down through what was Yugoslavia we didn't stop in Yugoslavia um so this was before Yugoslavia sort of split up we went into Greece um we, we stayed in Corfu for a while and, and Italy um and you know and then and then in the south of France we decided to part our ways so I came came back probably after about three three and a half uh you know weeks so I, I did travel then through France on my own um you know as, a, as an 18 year old and it was fine um and again sort of like keeping things safe and I always remember that that trip I always wanted to have like a an ice cream in Italy and a moussaka in Greece and um you know, you know, remember those those sorts of things. But it, it was a really good experience, and I think it helped me, you know, sort of like grow up um, a bit. And I just want to say sorry, Martin. I was I was probably a bit of a, a pain, um, but probably quite young. I think um, a little bit immature um, at that at that stage. The difference between that is that I did go with Martin or with somebody, um, whereas around the States, I was on my own. Um, I probably met more people when I was on my own. Um, and I came back with, you know, lots of um, names and, you know, sort of like phone uh, numbers. And bizarrely, um, after I'd got back from that trip, um, I actually headed down to, to Glastonbury with a, a good friend from university, Richard, and we camped there and so forth. But I lost the address book. I couldn't believe it. It was uh, Elvis Costello. It's like a main act. And uh, we're walking away sort of late, late at night after the act. And um, somehow I just irresponsibly lost my address. But I went back um, to try and find it. Obviously, I couldn't. But um, I, I did manage to, to keep in touch with, with some people because I think they had my address and they contacted uh, me but um, yes I, I did on that that first solo trip I, I did meet a lot of people and and some you know I I carried on corresponding because it was all by letter really or all the occasional phone phone call um, you know after after that. So you mentioned you know losing the the address book and you also mentioned writing letters and having to write letters to people you've met on your on your travels because that was the only option. Can you talk to me about social media and the role that the lack of social media played in your travels and whether you feel like you potentially missed out or whether you gained because mm. there wasn't social media when you were traveling right mm. at the start? Um, see, that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, if we, if we take ourselves back to 1980s, um, I mean, it seems such a long time ago. For example, like when I was at university, they would say, um, you know, Hairball, which was my nickname, Hairball, just going and run around to, there was another Sarah, going and run around to Sarah's house, because we didn't have a phone, we didn't even have a landline phone, and so I would just go jogging around the streets of Exeter, just to go and pass messages, or just go and sort of like say hello to, you know, to people, and if you think about organising, you know, trips, so for example, that solo trip around the States, I had um, by letter and possibly landline phone had arranged to meet Richard, a friend from university um, in LA at a particular point um, on a particular date and, and time. And, you know, I turned up at that date and time and place and he wasn't there. 
Um, so I thought, well, you know, what what do you what do you do? Because you know, we didn't have mobile phones. I guess I could have rung his house and hope that he might have rung his his home, but I just turned up the same time uh, the next day and same place, and and there he was. Um, so you know, it, it was sort of planning. I mean, you you made an arrangement and you had to stick to it, and and sometimes things went wrong I mean I think that trip and I mean when people used to go on holidays you know around you know Europe and so on you would just you would turn up um, in a place um, you might have a guidebook and you would um, just go and into hotels and say well do you have a room um, you know for the night or for the week um, and so forth and you know, like these Lonely Planet guidebooks uh, were absolutely invaluable. Um, that was your source. So you would carry around a series of guidebooks, um, books, you know, in, in your rucksack. Um, so did what, what, does that mean that you miss out? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, occasionally it was a um, first interview with university friends. We failed to meet up with a couple of friends. They were coming, they were joining us later on and we, we just could not, ringing from a, a public phone box, we just could not get, could, couldn't get through. But I think that the thing is you make an arrangement and you, and you stick to it. Browsing, information and so forth, a lot of that was in your, it was in your, you know, your guidebooks. So the, I don't, I don't think we missed out. I don't think, I don't think we missed out. And, and sort of linking that to my travel experiences and obviously social media is a massive part of, of my traveling and has been over the last few years, ever since I've sort of grown up with social media. And I guess you've had to be a part of that in my photos, on mm. Instagram, all those sorts of things. And especially on my gap year, when obviously I was traveling by myself, but with, you know, in group tours, but I wasn't traveling with you, with family. Were you sort of grateful for social media in that way that you could sort of experience what I was experiencing through social media? Hmm. I, I think you've picked up on a good point. And while I said I felt I didn't miss out on my trips, I think, um, you know, travel uh, and social media is brilliant because, you know, I, I love to watch, um, you know, clips of things. I mean, before the pandemic um, and lockdown, we're thinking about a trip for the for the summer. We're thinking about the west coast of Canada and going into Alaska. And I just came across a few, um, you know, clips on YouTube, um, which were really good to, you know, to look at. And you, you could sort of imagine yourself doing that. And you were thinking about the pitfalls that people um, came across on, on these sorts of trips. And, you know, looking and so looking at your videos, um, Ellie, is, is just wonderful. And it does help people get more than than what they they had if they if we didn't have social media so you know it's lovely to see clips of you flying a plane and climbing up an ice wall and kayaking and and so forth and going to the Taj Mahal and and, and so forth so it, I think it, it just it adds it does add to I, I think um, you know these clips and, and photos are wonderful and I just I, I think it helps you get an insight um, into into you know, other trips and travels and parts of the world. Um, and yes, I mean, it, it can create that sort of extra bit of interest that actually you might decide yourself then to go and do those things. I mean, for New Zealand, for example, um, I, I wasn't so interested about going to New Zealand before you went, Ellie, and then seeing your photos and um, reading and, and seeing your experiences makes me think, yes, that is one of the countries I would like to, to go to. And I guess that's the power of social media and the power of these travel influencers that I know we've spoken a lot about um, 
with everything I'm trying to do with Mongo 360, being our influence on people, a positive influence to, to show my photos, my videos, my blog posts, my podcast episodes, my YouTube videos, and to try and influence people positively to go and enjoy travel, to take themselves outside of their comfort zone. Um, so yeah, I think social media has been, been incredible for sort of helping me love travel even more and helping me create content, which I enjoy making. Um, let's go on to, onto a question about sort of, I know you've, you've talked you know, a lot about all the incredible trips you've been on and all the highs and all those incredible memories, but I'm sure there've probably been some lows as I've experienced some of my traveling as well. Can you talk to me about some of those lows? You know, have there been any trips that you haven't completed? Hmm. I think, I mean, there's one um, in, in, in particular, um well just to sort of say that when that first interrail with with martin i made the decision after three uh, weeks or so that um that was it and it was time to go home and so you know i found out the trains and i went home and there was a, there was another trip and you know sort of like looking back you know perhaps if there had been social media it might have been different but i decided to go on another solo trip in between changing jobs um in 1992 and i had this month off and i I, if I'd seen clips, if I had understood a little bit more, I really think that I should have gone on a group trip at that stage, but I didn't. And I decided to go and visit a friend in San Francisco, which was wonderful. Jane, she'd been living out there for quite a while. Fantastic. Camping in Yosemite. Wonderful. Um, and then the rest of my trip was a solo trip and it, I was planned, um, it's planned to go to Japan and then South Korea. And I was flying across the Pacific Ocean and it absolutely did not feel the right thing um, you know to do and I don't know whether it was brave or not but I really listened to myself and um, uh, there was a you know I, I was quite upset at the time and there was this really nice guy who was sitting next to me and we just just sort of like talking and strangely I mean I got to um, Naki Narita airport I think it is um, in, in Japan, in Tokyo. And, um, you know, again, there's no social media and so forth. So I rang um, my um, boyfriend, Dave, um, now husband, but at the time it was this, this phone call. I said, look, I'm, I'm coming home. It feels like the right thing to do. I don't want to do you know, walking in the mountains of Japan and, and South Korea. Um, I'm just going to rearrange my flights um, and just come back earlier. And that was the last thing he heard then until I turned up at Heathrow um, Airport. Um, so I spent the night um, in, in Narita, I think it was Narita Airport, and we were, everybody sleeping there, we're all huddled together, not huddled together, but we were cordoned off, anybody who was going to be spending the night there. Um, and so I did that, and then I flew, um, so the same flights I was going to take, but just, just earlier and, and quicker, and then I flew across to South uh, Korea, um, and um, just got um, a hotel room for the night and I flew back and it was, it was I remember flying over the Soviet Union um, and um, well Russia uh, at that time and the, the landscape was was truly truly amazing across Siberia and that was that was a huge huge positive. I got to Skipal airport it was the busiest airport I busiest an airport I'd ever 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 seen and um, so no surprise I then got to Heathrow and my bag wasn't there it actually ended up by going up to, to Newcastle um, and so then there was Dave and um, it was after that that we pretty well decided um, to buy a house and and to get married um, so we bought a house um, later that year and we got married the following 
yeah so I think it was just sort of time it doesn't mean to say that I don't want to do you know we've done lots of traveling um together Dave and myself and um you know I want to to carry on doing it a, a load more um but um yeah so that was a trip I didn't well I did complete but not in the time I was meant to do it for about four weeks and it, I think I went around the world in probably about six or seven six or seven days so you talked about wishing that perhaps you'd done a group trip in some certain countries you've been to and, and, and that sort of thing. So reflecting on the travel experiences you've had so far, the traveling, all the traveling you've done, would you recommend solo travel or group travel? And what do you think are the pros and cons of, of each of those? Mm. Another good question. Um, I think it depends where you're going. Um, I, I think... It, it helps you, you know, this idea of this comfort zone and going outside of your comfort zone. And I think going with a group helps you go to places which you probably wouldn't go to um, if you if if you didn't have the opportunity to go with a group. Um, and so, um, you know, going to Tanzania, um, 1991, I went with I went with a group um, and that was that was brilliant. But like I said, going around the States, that was a solo uh, trip. Um, first interrail with University Friends, that was not an organised group, but that was a, a group of friends. And I would say I got a lot, lot more from that um, interrail with my university friends than I would have done if I'd travelled on my own. So I think it I think it, it depends. And, and like I said, that trip that I didn't complete, if I decided to go with a group, say South America or somewhere like that, I would have done it. And I'm sure it would have had an amazing, um, you know, sort of night time. So yeah, I think it depends. I think it depends, Ellie. I think what I'd say on that is, it, I agree, it depends on the style of travel, the format of travel that suits you the, the most. And I think for, for different people, that's, that's different. Um, you know, it's finding what style of travel puts you in your comfort zone to start with. And then once you've done that, you can then push yourself further outside of your comfort zone. So you might start and do a, a group trip in Europe, you know, somewhere close to home with, you know, a group of people, a group of friends. Um, and then you can push yourself outside of your comfort zone. You could go further afar to somewhere like Southeast Asia or to South America. You could even push yourself further and do a, a solo trip, um, you know, somewhere further afar. So it's about finding that style that suits you the most and, you know, embracing sort of change and embracing that comfort zone and taking yourself out of it and then you know discovering new styles of trans of, of sort of traveling that that again like I said sort of you're embracing making yourself a little bit sort of maybe nervous or a little bit fearful to start with but actually those styles of, of, of travel such as solo travel for me which I find a little bit nerve-wracking at the moment it pushes you outside of your comfort zone and actually I think some of the best experiences come from being outside of your comfort zone so that's something I'm looking to do in the future is doing more solo trips because I've only really done group traveling at the moment mm. and traveling with family uh, and friends and, and, and Jamie um, so that's something I'm looking to do in the future um, and fingers crossed after the pandemic sort of um, hopefully sort of comes to a, a conclusion in in the sort of near future in terms of restrictions and and the vaccine and things like that that's something that I'm really sort of hoping to do um, and what would you say you know as you've, you've said you've been to so many incredible countries what is the country that is least like the UK that you've been to because obviously mm. you know in the western world there are a lot of countries that are very similar to the mm. UK in the way people are culture religion language what people eat for example um, yeah what's the country that is least like the UK um, I, I have to say um, Tanzania um, 
you know, Af- Africa is is a continent I would I would just absolutely love uh, to 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 go back to and see more of. I mean, I, I've been I've been to Morocco. That was on that first um, into interrail with the university friends, and I did. Um, I went to Tanzania. I took a few weeks off unpaid work, nineteen ninety one, and it was a great trip in Tanzania. Um, and you know, I remember turning up trying to get some money. There was absolutely no other tourists around in Arusha. Um, when I when I went in and I mean just you know just look around at the wildlife and so forth you're not going to get that in Europe um, uh, and the people were wonderful um, and, and warm um, the group trip this amazing uh, chef uh, cook he, you know what he could create like um, making fresh bread um, sort of out in the wilds by just cooking it in an upturned big um, sort of like sauce saucepan um, and you know flying over to um, Zanzibar and uh, then just going off to a little another little island for the day and just doing some some snorkeling um, so yes um, I mean India um, you know possibly um, as well I mean it, India is a fascinating um, you know country and um you know the sort of warmth again of traveling there but again the 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 culture um you know the sights um the sounds um but but there are similarities as well though um you know in terms of uh, you know, trains and getting trains and I don't know, things like that. And that, you know, the language there, I mean, the, the, you know, quite a lot of English is is, is spoken uh, there. But uh, no, I, I'd say sort of like, you know, Tan, Tanzania, but uh, just generally, um, I'd, you know, absolutely, I'd love to go on a road trip um, uh, through Africa. But, um, you know, this, this, but this goes back to this sort of thing, whether we're talking about solo trips or not, you know, um, it is good to go go outside your comfort zone, but it's understanding the risks um, and working with those risks. And while I said solo trip around the, the States, met up with a park ranger and so forth, the whole time, you know, I'm assessing the risks um, and I'm not putting anything that's not doing anything that is going to put me in, in, in danger, um, as it were, making sure that there are other people around and and so forth. So I think that's that's something important to sort of say. Um, yeah, following on from that. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, myself reflecting on the travelling that I've done so far, you know, there are a number of highlights, but a standout one for me is the friendships and you know that I've 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 made and I've maintained as a result of my my travel experiences. You know, I've I've done a lot of traveling around the world now. I have now got you know loads of friends in different countries around the world, which is amazing. It's all about these connections you're making with people and not just people that I've I've made friends with on my on my trips, just people that I've connected with and made friends with as a result of One Global 360. So, you know, those these friendships and uh, these connections, um, you know, with people are, for me are one of my my highlights of of everything I'm doing with One Global 360 and also all the travel experiences that I've had so far. So talk to me about your your friendships you made on the trip. You know, have you made some long lasting uh, you know friends and do you still have some mm. of the friends that you talk to now from the trips? Mm. Well, I think that's that's another point to be said about social social media. I think if social media had been around in the eighties and nineties and so forth, then I think the friendships that I had made, I, I probably would still be friends. Um, I mean, certainly we had friendships that we made on 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 trips that 
sort of like continued afterwards. For example, on the first interrail with my university friends, we met a number of people, including, um, I think he was called Hugo, um, a Dutch guy. And he ended up by coming and visiting, coming over and visiting us in, in Exeter, um, you know, which was, which was wonderful and, and kept in touch quite uh, for quite a while after the, the trip, but I'm not in touch with him, you know, now. Um, and then two, um, young men um, we met in Morocco students who invited um, our group of friends to their family home and we had an amazing evening and uh, you know um, one of them read one um, I think he was called we certainly exchanged letters for quite a while a year or two you know or so afterwards um, which was which was brilliant um, some some of the other sort of you know long lasting um i think it's friendships not really friendships but people perhaps i knew beforehand i'm thinking about um betty and, and jim when he was alive um you know um i i didn't really know them before i first went over to the states in, in 1986 and, and uh, jimmy picked me up from the airport and it was so so wonderful and lovely and hospitable um and you know we still exchange um you know sort of christmas greetings um you know christmas best wishes and, and so forth exchange cards um and staying i mean Poonam, I stayed with Poonam, um, her family um, in India, and um, she was the fiance of Dananje, who I knew from Canada when I was there. And again, you know, we Poonam um, came came over, um, you know, after the trip. Her sister came over, um, and about ten years or so after that trip, if not a lot longer um, after that trip than than that, I had a letter come out of the. The blue and that was from Dananje and we're living in in Bangladesh and uh, so that was wonderful but you know not not in touch at the moment and I, I think you know that was that was letter and then the odd phone call and I think it would be much 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 easier to have kept in touch if we had um, you know the Instagram and Facebook um, and so forth um, which we which we didn't which we didn't have. And then now reflecting on, again, all the countries you've been to, um, I'm sure you've been to some incredibly beautiful countries. Is there one that stands out to you where if you close your eyes right now and you pictured it, it just makes you want to catch a flight back out there because of how beautiful and incredible it was? Um, I think as an overall country, I do, I mean, it's not very far from here uh, and that's Switzerland. I, I think it's just stunning um you know switzerland but if you sort of like think of you know sort of particular moments if i if i think when i was in when i was in india um i went on an evening to a, a palace that was a little bit out of i can't remember where where it was um it was in rajasthan um and staying at one of those sort of like touristy sort of like cities and went out and you could see the sunset through this sort of like arch of a window um it's beautiful absolutely beautiful you know i've not i've not you know i've not I, I do love the sea and i love beaches and there are some amazing um you know like caribbean and so forth places in the indian ocean i'm sure they would be beautiful but i've not actually been to those i think it's it's more sort of like sort of like mountains but i, I would also say again not too far although we can't go there at the moment very easily so that's scotland scotland is the most amazing 
uh, beautiful country, um, you know, the, the, the west uh, part of Scotland and the beaches, you know, there, um, really sort of like turquoise seas, um, almost white uh, sand, um, but a bit chillier, um, you know, than, than say the, the Caribbean. So I think that's a difficult, it is difficult. Um, I think if I was to choose one, um, I, I, I think I probably would choose, um, you know, Switzerland. Um, and it's just the, the, the stillness very often when you're in the mountains um, and the freshness um, of the air. It's just got that special sort of like mountain smell that just feels so, feels so fresh. So it's a lot about the, the different senses um, that are working when, when, when you're in, a, in a, such a beautiful place like that. And then what would you say is the place which has, has filled you with most joy? You know, you, mm. you were there and you just thought, this is amazing. Mm. This, I feel really content. And mm. yeah, which, which place would you say? I think, you know, this, this, this word joy, and I, I have to, I have to say, you know, um, you know, when we were sort of like talking about what we might talk about in this podcast, and that word came to me because it was something, it was a word that was just in a TV uh, series recently. And after I heard that, that word, you know, what caused this person um, joy or what gave them joy, I've spent quite a bit of time sort of like thinking about what it, what it means um, to me. And, um, you know, you, you were just suggesting there what it might mean. And I think that's an absolute sort of contentment and well, more than that, it's, it's happiness. It's a feeling of sort of exuberance. Um, and, you know, I, I think it was probably um, being in India and um, not even the bit that I did on my own in Rajasthan. It was staying with Poonam and her family. And I just felt so at one um, in, in the staying at her house, so loved um and I just sort of like just I felt I just got on you know with the whole of her family you know we'd be sitting in their car going off to their like local club on an evening for something to eat and it'd be singing in the car and we had the sights and sounds of Delhi going going by and everybody was just laughing um and having just such fun um and I you know I guess you know that was that was a feeling of just you know pure uh, joy um, and warmth and, and happiness and, and that, that oneness I think and then we'll finish up on on this question which is a pretty tough one um, in terms of just travel bucket lists um, mm. so which places would you still like to visit and also have you got any sort of activities that you'd like to do as well so mm. I, I always talk about bungee jumps and skydives mm. and safaris and mm. those sorts of activities so yeah if you could list let's go for five countries and if you've got any activities as well that you would still like to do, what would they be? And well, five, I think five. Gosh, five. Yes, I could probably come up with five. The activity which would be you could probably do it in any of the places I'd like to go to is kayaking. I absolutely love kayaking. And um, I think interestingly, um, since I started doing traveling um, places like, um, you know, the north bit, I think you can get from uh, the west to the east now across uh, the north bit of, of Canada through the islands because of climate change. Uh, and there are actually sea routes there now. And I think you can get you can kayak there. That would that would be an amazing, you know, sort of like trip. Um, with the scenery um, and so forth. So I think I'd like to do that as a trip. So we're, we're talking, you know, in that real north bit um, of, of Canada. 
and, and pretty close to the sort of like the Arctic and, and so forth. Um, the uh, Africa, um, you know, I, I, I know there are many, many, many countries, uh, many African uh, continent, um, but I would, I would love to go on um, sort of like a, a road uh, trip um, somehow. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I'd, I'd just have to so research uh, that, um, but what a, what a wonderful, um, interesting, uh, you know, continent um, to, to, to explore. Um, five, gosh, um, I think New Zealand now, so that was, you know, I've mentioned before, looking at your your photos and, and clips and so forth. There are so many, I mean, I've always been very active um, and, um, you know, there are some wonderful things, um, active things to do there. I don't think I'd do bungee jumping. I don't think I'd fly a plane like you, Ellie. I'd certainly do some kayaking. I know you did that. Certainly do some walking um, there. And um, can you go snorkeling? Yeah, yeah. I think so yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, snorkeling. I'm not sure about scuba diving, but um, yeah, gosh. And then going up from New Zealand, some of the Pacific Islands. Um, so that would be probably more relaxing, sort of a slower um, sort of trip. But kayaking again, I'm sure, um, around and sort of like scuba diving there. Um, so I think that's oh, I'll end on the, the last one, the fifth one. I mean, I know it's a series of countries, but the sort of like the Silk Route. So um, going through sort of like central, um, sort of like Asia, really the Middle East and, and into Asia, going through some of the countries like, you know, Kazakh, Kazakhstan, I think, uh, and into, into China. That That's something that I would you know, would I do that solo? Or would I do a group? I know there are group trips. Um, I think I'd probably choose a, a group trip, but that, yeah, I think that would be an amazing trip to go on. I'd love to do that. It's a, it's a funny thing. I, I always ask people about their travel bucket lists and what I love is just, it's always so different. What everyone says is so different. Um, and I guess that just shows how big the world is. There's just so much to explore and to visit and to experience. Um, and it's just so interesting to get an insight into what people really want to experience. I mean, for me, I'd love to go to all seven wonders of the world and visit 50 countries by the time I'm 30. So I've got nine years left. I've done three of the seven wonders of the world so far. Um, and I think I've done about 32 countries. So I've got some way to go. Um, but that's sort of the aspiration I have with talking about, uh, yeah, travel bucket lists. Um, but yeah. All many, almost too many countries to, to name in terms of ones I'd like to, to visit. But we'll, we'll finish on that note. Uh, I think that's a good, a good sort of ending point talking about travel bucket lists. So thank you so much to my gorgeous, lovely mum for joining me today. I hope you've enjoyed, you enjoyed being on the podcast. Yes, very much. Thank you very much, Ellie, for chatting um, you know, with me and allowing me to sort of talk about um, some of these experiences that I've, I've had. And I think it's really interesting thinking about your experiences and you know, my experiences and, and, how, and how they're different, but also alike um, in a lot of respects as well. So thank you very much. No, thank you. It's been brilliant to, to listen to my mum reflect on, on all her travel experiences and sort of thinking back to my own and sort of reflecting on my own experiences over the last few years and sort of comparing similarities and differences with our experiences so thank you so much once again and um, thank you everyone for listening uh, this podcast episode will be up on spotify and apple podcasts 6 p.m as usual and uh, i'll see you next week <laughs>